No purple songs can fly? Welcome to our program, produced by the Children in Treatment at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. Our program is about great music made by some terrific young talents. Now, here are the hosts of Purple Songs Can Fly. Hello, and welcome to the program, Purple Songs Can Fly, on the Voice America Kids Network. My name is Emily Freeman, and today I have a very special guest with me. When I was going through treatment in 2009, one of my child life specialists is here today. So welcome, Brianna. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Yes, how are you today? I'm wonderful. So first of all, Brianna, tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself and just growing up. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Arlington, Texas. Yeah. And then I went to college in Austin at UT. Well, how did you make it to Texas Children's here in Houston? Great question. I did a child life internship in Chicago at Children's Memorial Hospital. And then I had my first job in Dallas at the Children's Hospital there. Then I actually started a program for child life in Florida. And then this was my third job, getting to work in the cancer center. So that was when you knew that you wanted to be a child life specialist. I actually knew I wanted to be a child life specialist in college. I was writing a paper and I had to interview different professions at the hospital. So I interviewed physicians, I interviewed nurses, all different types of professions. And then Mm -hmm. I interviewed a child life specialist. And after I got to talk to her, I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. And so that's when the spark happened. That was the moment, the light bulb moment. Awesome. So what is required for the job of a child life specialist and um, what type of training would you have to do? Sure, you have to have a bachelor's. Um, You can also get a master's in either child development, um, human psychology, Different, there's different types of kind of social sciences that you can get your degree in. Right. And then um, it's an internship is required after that. And so you do a child life internship, you apply and get accepted. And then after your internship, then you sit for an exam and you're a certified child life specialist. So wow. we have credentials. Wow. Yeah. So were there any moments um, being a child life specialist where you kind of draw a blank? It's like, okay, now what do I do? What do I do? Um Sure. I don't know what to do with this kid. (laughs) Sure. Well, one time I was teaching a child about a port, and I was showing her the port. She was about to get a port, and so I was showing her a doll with a port so she could be prepared. Right. And she was very angry that she had to get this port, so she just kicked me. And so right in the moment, I thought... Uh, okay, where do I go with this here? <laughs> this isn't going well. Right. right. So all I did was respond to her that this is scary because getting a port mm, is scary right. when you're not familiar and you don't know exactly what's going on. Right. And all these changes were happening in her life, which is scary. So yes. she was angry. So it was an appropriate response, but we just talked about how to then better express those emotions. How could she express anger? How could right. she express frustration or fear versus kicking people. (laughs) So luckily, it clicked in pretty quickly, but at the moment I thought, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) But it's appropriate because it's scary going through all those things. The hospital can be a scary place, so that's why child life specialists are here to help make it less scary. Well, um, I remember a time, um, I think it was uh, during a lumbar puncture, um, my mother started to get a little lightheaded and it's like she had to sit on the floor. Uh-huh. And so, 
you're talking to me. I'm lying on the on the table, and you're talking to me. And it's just like, oh great, now I, I, now I'm battling with two different people here. Have you ever had that happen before, or was it just us? <laughs> no, definitely not just you guys. That's funny. That's a good memory though. It's very common. Part of our role is helping the whole family. So helping parents, helping siblings. We really want to help the whole family. So you guys weren't the first or the last where I got to work with the whole family. It's actually a, good. it's a good thing. It's a privilege to get to get know all of you. Right. Yeah. That's so that's that's great. Now I'm curious, um, are there child life specialists at like every hospital? And where could you find them? Sure. There's child life specialists all over the world, so in mm. multiple, multiple countries. Yes. But they aren't at every hospital. They're mostly at um, children's hospitals that are in major cities. They are now expanding, I would say, into dentist office. Mm. And um, there's some in adult hospitals that help the children whose parents are going through treatment or having medical um, challenges. So I think the role or the profession is expanding into different areas. But the majority of child life specialists are found within a children's hospital in a major city. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I personally, I think they should be everywhere. Well, I do, too. They <laughs> and are people like helpful. you. People like you, you, especially. Like, that's kind. Thank you. Now, what type of person, you know, what traits and characteristics would make a good child life specialist? I mean, obviously you would, you. but, um, you know, yeah. what would what would it be? Sure. I think that one of the key factors or characteristics is to be flexible. Right. When we come into work, our day never looks the same every day. It's new things, new challenges, um, new patients coming in, and we're having to learn and just quickly adapt of how I can help the patient. Right. Every child is not the same, so I have to assess how I can help you and yes. what you need and then really serve you in that way. So being flexible is very important. I think um, being open to learning and growing is very important because mm. patients teach us a lot of things. Right. You guys teach us how to be better at our jobs, how to support you better. Mm. Um, and I also think there's probably some degree that you need to be outgoing or at least able to be outgoing at work because right. you meet a lot of different people. You meet parents, you meet patients, yes. you're working with you know, a medical team, so you're interacting with a lot of people. Right. So enjoying that kind of community or teamwork is also really important. Mm. Well, I know at one point, um, because of you, I wanted to be a child life specialist. Yeah. Um, what If somebody else wanted to be one, what would they have to know and what would they have to do to become a child life specialist. Right, so they would have to get their degree, at right. least their bachelor's, so right. go to college. But a great, really, way to start before even that step of going mm. to college is volunteering in a children's hospital. So you can volunteer under child life specialist, or you can volunteer just in the overall general volunteer department at the children's hospital, right. and that will really give you some insight into what is it like to work or volunteer in a children's hospital? What does that kind of look like, and is it for me? Mm. So I really recommend people who are interested, volunteering is a great place to start to really think about and assess if it's a good fit for you. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, so let's take a break. My name is Emily Freeman, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Over the break, you'll be listening to Oh, What a Great Christmas Time by Kristen when she was 13. Christmas trees of holly, puppies wrapped in bows. Oh. 
on-air community where teens talk and the world listens tune in to express yourself an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people we'll talk with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with experience Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. What does it mean to be a supergirl? It's all about acceptance, respect, healthy relationships, and how to deal with peer pressure. It's all about real-life issues that girls face every day. Join your hosts as they talk about hobbies, friendships, dealing with bullies, and living life as a supergirl. Be sure to tune in every week for Supergirl Guide, the radio show, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. With some support and knowing that you're not alone, it makes all the difference in the world. are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to the Purple Songs Can Fly show on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Emily Freeman, and today I'll be interviewing Brianna Murray. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Brianna, do you have any um, Christmas stories or anything like that? Sure. So I had a patient that um, was not feeling very well, had mm-hmm. a lot of complications going on and was stuck kind of in the hospital. And she was going to get to go home and 
she said that her only wish for Christmas, because she was going to get to leave the hospital to go home for Christmas, was that it would snow. Oh. Well, everyone thought this is really sad because in Houston it doesn't really snow. So <laughs> Welcome to Houston. No one, right? you know, couldn't really, you know, get this wish, you right. know, achieved for her. Right. But that was the one year, I think, and I don't know how many years, it snowed. So Aww. she got her wish, which was really, really special for That's her. That's awesome. It was. And then I had another really funny um, hospital memory around Christmas time mm. was I had a patient that I had been working with, and I was just talking with her one day, and I said, so what are you asking for for Christmas? What are you mm. wishing? And she had lost her hair from her treatment, from the chemotherapy, and she said, well, I really want my hair to grow back, and I want it to be hot pink. No way. Yeah, that was uh, okay. her Christmas wish. Okay, I like hot pink, but I don't think I'd want my hair to be hot pink. Yes. I don't know. Did. I don't know. That's just me. Yep, she did. And I don't think that that wish did get to come true, you know, for her, but that's okay. It was a good wish, and maybe she got a hot pink wig. I think that's probably what ended up oh. happening. <laughs> or I guess she could have died at hot pink. That is too funny. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good one. Right. Now, if I remember cor- correctly... You had a very spoiled, cute dog. Am I right? You are right. Do you I still do. have them? I still have. I actually have two more dogs now, so I have three dogs total. But now, I love dogs. Now, how are they doing um, they're with, all, you, with you being a child life specialist? Well, they're what, all, what are you doing right now? Yeah, they're all doing really well. They're still spoiled as ever. Mm. They sometimes get in fights because now there's three of them versus one who was used to being kind of the only one. Right. All my attention. True. So they sometimes get in little fights because they get a little jealous, but they're all doing really well. And I wish, I really wish they had been therapy dogs because I think they would make great therapy dogs. Aww. So I could have brought them with me to the hospital. <laughs> Take them to work. But I don't know that they're well behaved enough. Oh. Yeah. And I might be a little biased to think they could do it. Right. I, I really don't know that they're capable. How old are they now? One of my dogs is nine. Mm. So that's a little poodle. And then my Yorkie Poo is five. And then I have a golden doodle and he's three. Okay. Yeah, so he's the baby. All right. Yeah. He's big. A big baby. A big baby? Yeah. (laughs) A big hairy baby. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, but he's a very good dog. That's too funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice because none of my dogs shed. So I do like that. Oh, yeah. well, that's that's a good advantage because my pug, um, basically everything, every time she moves, a big cloud of fur comes up. Right. Uh, if you've ever seen Peanuts and that there's the one kid, um, Pigpen, every time he moves, this yeah. big cloud of dust comes up. <laughs> that, that would be Moochie right there. <laughs> that's funny. Yes. Oh, Get out yeah. the room, please. <laughs> so, Brianna, could you kind of... Um, Say what a typical work day would be for you, what you go about doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So most child specialists have, I'd guess, a pretty similar work day. We arrive at the hospital and mm-hmm. we get a census of which patients are in our area, whether that's outpatient or inpatient. We kind of look at the daily schedule. So working in the right. outpatient clinic, I would get the schedule and look at the patients that are coming in and prioritize which mm-hmm. patients I really needed to see that day. So basically which patients are having procedures or which mm-hmm. patients are having challenges with coping, right. um, which patients are coming in for a new diagnosis. So those are the things I would prioritize and really make sure. I see those patients. Right. Um, then after prioritizing and looking at my list of patients, I'd start going out and seeing patients and interacting and checking in on how patients are doing, providing support during procedures, preparing them for procedures, or discussing uh, with what their diagnosis is if it's a new diagnosis. Mm. Um, 
meeting or patient visit. Then also during our day, um, we have different meetings like rounds where we meet with the physicians and the nurses where we discuss the patients that everyone covers. We talk about what we're doing with those patients, how we're helping them, what we, what goals we have for them. So giving feedback to the team because we're typically a multidisciplinary. So it involves social workers, physicians, nurses, psychologists, um, really just multidisciplinary. So we all work together and make sure that we're supporting the patients the best that we Mm. can. So then typically after our rounds and you're seeing more patients again, so checking in. And a big part of being a child life specialist is building rapport and trust, which means just going in and having a conversation or getting yes. to do different um, activities that are possibly therapeutic. So talking about emotions and allowing mm-hmm. patients to really express how they're feeling, right. but also in a non-threatening way. So it's, you know, via arts and crafts or via playing a game, right. but that helps me build a relationship with that patient. Yeah. So then later on, when we have a procedure together. We're familiar. We know each other. We feel comfortable. And I feel like I can provide support. And you trust me during the procedure to believe what I'm telling you and to believe that I can help you through that procedure. Right. So building rapport and trust is a a big part of our job as well. Definitely. So then the end of the day is really seeing, finishing up with your patients. And then we also write chart notes in the patient's charts. So what did we do with the patient? Mm. How did they cope? What are our goals for the future with that patient? And then typically sometimes we have phone calls we have to make for scheduling school visits um, where we go out to the school and educate um, patients' classmates about Mm. what's going on with the patient, what their diagnosis is. to fill them in. Exactly. So that when the patient goes to school, it's not scary or it's not having yes. to explain it all. Yes. So um, so making phone calls typically at the end of the day, and then that's pretty much a typical day. Wow. That's a full day right there. It is. <laughs> and it's a great day. That's great. Yeah. We're going to take a break. My name is Emily Freeman, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Here is a song by Teresa, and she was 11 when she wrote it, and it's called Letter to Santa. Santa, Santa, I wrote this letter, letter in hope that I've been good enough this year. I've been giving, sharing, particularly caring, now I've got my Christmas list right here. I'm just hoping for like one or two reasons to write, making notes to you. So Santa, won't you read my letter carefully? I'm on my knees, pretty please. I want a guitar for Christmas. I want a drum. All I want for Christmas is more sleep. I want the white year. Um, a doll. All I want for Christmas is a trampoline. Santa, Santa, it's been 12 months since I even asked for anything from you. I know you're busy, so I can assure you that I am not lying when I say I've been good. I'm just hoping for like one or two reasons to write thank you notes to you. So Santa, won't you read my letter carefully? I'm on my knees, pretty please. I want something from Christmas. All I want for Christmas is a laptop. I want fancy shoes. All I want for Christmas is less homework. 
Every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly. Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the Internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When you're 12 years old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel.
Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids Channel. Let's talk soon. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When you're 12 years old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. listening to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids channel to find out more about our program please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org now back to our show welcome back my name is emily freeman you're listening to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids network today i'm interviewing brianna murray could you kind of talk about how you incorporate play with your job absolutely talking to kids sure as a child life specialist we utilize play to um, help patients cope with the hospital Mm -hmm. to cope with their diagnosis and to really allow them to express themselves play is really the language of children (laughs) um, and teenagers in a different kind of way but still it's the same so really allowing children when they come to the hospital to play is very important because it's so normal for kids to get to play when they're at home they're playing so then when they're at the hospital that's a big part of our role is to allow them to keep playing while they're here because Mm -hmm. that's how they grow learn and express themselves right so different um, ways that I utilize play in the hospital is um, turning something that's a normal activity into something that's also expressive. So I would take bowling Mm. and I would ask a patient to write 10 things that they really don't like about being in the hospital. And then Mm. we would tape those things onto the bowling pins and then we would use the bowling ball to knock those things down. So taking bowling, something that's a normal activity, and allowing it to really help them identify what are things that are bothering them, Mm -hmm. and then allowing them to express it. So that's why one of the ways that we use play. We also use play to prepare patients for procedures Mm -hmm. or just overall being in the hospital. So using real medical supplies, real medical equipment, and allowing them to utilize them, to explore them, to really gain what we call mastery Mm -hmm. over those different um, equipment. So that way then in the procedure, when here comes the nurse with a syringe or with an alcohol wipe, the child or the patient says, oh, I know what that does. That's not scary. It's just going to feel cold. So we're Mm -hmm. empowering the patient to 
feel control or mastery over the whole situation. Mm. So a lot of times I would send home um, a doll, which is just like a blank stuffed animal, kind of a doll, and then a whole bag of medical place supplies. So at home, they're giving this doll or the stuffed animal IVs. Mm. They're doing procedures that they've experienced here, and it allows them to remember the steps and feel more comfortable when they come back. Right, because the unknown can be very fearful, fearful because... I mean, for a child. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We really encourage parents to always be honest Mm. and really prepare patients and children when they come into the hospital because we believe unexpected stress is worse than Mm. expected stress. Right. All stress is obviously challenging and not great, but unexpected is much worse than expected. expected, So we want, we really encourage to be honest and to use honest words. Mm. And we do not think that you should lie to patients or say things don't hurt. Sometimes (laughs) they do. Yes. So we want to be honest and give them that preparation and then give them tools of how to cope. To cope with it. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So play is very important. And I think most children in hospitals recognize that and and child life specialists are an integral part mm. of bringing play into the hospital. Right. Well, that's that's great. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. And also, um, using play, how does that um, tie into arts and creativity and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. So similarly, it it allows patients, again, to express and to have control. Mm. So certain programs like this and Purple Songs Can Fly allows a patient to write down their emotions in a non-threatening, expressive way. And then they get to sing it and share it and they feel proud of it. Mm. And then also we have arts and medicine here at Texas Children, and that allows patients to really express themselves through very different mediums and different projects. And sometimes they're collaborative, so they get to see their other friends that they've met at the hospital also using the arts to express themselves. And um, I think that those those programs all really tie together in the mm. overall coping and well-being of the patient. Yeah. And some patients want to write a song. Some patients want to do painting or they want to do different kinds of art. Um, and so really having different types allows different patients to express different things and right. express in their own kind of way. And I remember when you first came into the hospital and I got to meet you and yes. I was trying to figure out how to best support you. Mm. And you would tell me different things that you liked, like painting or just different various activities that were really art directed. Mm. So figuring that out for you. And then when you were in the hospital, I would come over and bring you those things so that then your overall coping went better. So you would be like, oh, great, I get some new art. I get to do something. So not only was it exciting because you enjoyed it, it allowed you to express feelings and it allowed you to just have an overall better experience of being in the hospital. And then I also remember when you would be waiting in the clinic for a long time, because we all know in the hospital, there's a lot of waiting. Yes. So we would work on different projects. Projects, and I think we did um, we did some different, I think, clay and a yes. lot of different arts and crafts was something that you liked. Right. And so then what worked out great was then when we would be, you would be having a procedure, I would be talking to you about what art activity we could do next. And we would yes. be brainstorming and thinking, well, what could I bring you next time? And what would you really like? Or what art have you not done yet? Right. So it was really fun to then allow you to then pull the arts in to getting through procedures because yes. they were allowing you to take your brain out of that room and right. think about what art do I like and what can I do next time. Yes. And also it was great because when we were doing those art activities, you and I were talking and we were building a friendship. We were building a relationship. Totally. So then again, that just reinforces my ability to get to know you and support 
support you and gain your trust so that then when you are in that procedure, you believe that I'm there to help you. Yes. And you're going to believe what I tell you. And then also when things are scary or when things are feeling like, you know, you're overwhelmed, then you can come to me and tell me this, this is frightening or this is making me feel anxious. Right. So art really allowed the development of that trust and that rapport Mm. and this relationship. Right. Yeah. One of my favorites, I remember you came to my room with a, a, a painting set. You could paint these little pots in a tray and it had a little watering can and you could actually put dirt in it and grow your own. It was actually wheatgrass. Yeah. And th- that was just really cool to me because wheatgrass grows really fast. Right. So I put it, by the time I was going to go home, I already had all this wheatgrass grown. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, I got to paint this and it's already ready. And, and actually, um, before I was diagnosed, um, my mother and I would go to um, Java Juice. And she would get a wheatgrass shot. <laughs> and so I was just like, this is great, Mother. You can you can cut this and whatever you do, you can juice it. You can yes, drink it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That That's was, a great memory. That was awesome. That was awesome. That's a great memory. We brought the outside in. Yes, we did. Yeah, and we and did. also um, we did a little tea set. And I have that in my room right now. I have both of them in my room right now. That's and awesome, Emily. Yeah, every time I look at it, I just remember of... You know, the happy memories we went through. That was great. That's great. That is great. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. (laughs) I can't believe y'all remembered. Wow. Speaking of bringing the outside in, Christmas is coming, and that's the song you'll be listening to. And it was written by Martha and Sadie, who were both 10 when they wrote it.
Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Have you met Catherine the Grape? She may be a lot like you. She likes sports, singing songs, having fun, and taking adventures with her friends. She especially loves to make new friends like you. Tune in each week to Catherine the Grape's Magical Hour, hosted by Madeline, and discover about how you are magical, colorful, and love. You will learn, laugh, and feel welcome with Catherine the Grape's Magical Hour, heard every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Be inspired to ripple loving kindness throughout the world with your friends at Catherine the Grape's Magical Hour. Awesome and lonely now. You are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. My name is Emily Freeman, and I am talking with Child Life Specialist Brianna Murray. Now, I remember when you gave me tickets um, to La Bayadere, which is a ballet, um, and I was a ballerina, um, and Actually, I had a friend who did a solo, and one of them was to, ba- to La Bayadera. And I just thought that was really neat how, you know, I mean, going to a ballet, and that's just something that not everybody gets to do. And that you provided the tickets was just amazing and was really special to me. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, we actually get various donations, um, but could I, I know every children's hospital could always use more. Um, a lot of times it's sporting events, right. um, football games, baseball games, but these were actually donated by um, a mother whose son mm. was treated at Texas Children's Cancer Center. And and she really noticed that all the tickets donated were sporting events. Right. And she thought, not everybody likes sports, so I want to donate something different. So she donated um, season tickets to the Houston Ballet. And so we would really, you know, think about patients that would enjoy going, that maybe it would help them, you know, overall just cope, or they were just really needing a kind of uplifting day. Right. And so that was how we got those tickets, which were really special and I think meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, and this ballet was really neat because... They incorporated real snakes in the ballet, and we were able to go backstage and get pictures with the snakes, like, draped on our shoulders. It was it was really weird and really cool at the same time. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. A little scary, but cool. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's really great that it's such a special memory to you. And I yes. think that, you know, it's something that people always want to help children mm-hmm. in the hospital. And that's maybe an outside-of-the-box way they can think about how yes. they could help is not only just donating toys, but donating tickets to different Right, events. and very much appreciated. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely, obviously. Well, we know it's not all fun and games, but 
What would be the most difficult part of being a child life specialist? I think that um, seeing children, mm. being in the hospital, which is a very sterile, yes, sometimes scary environment, um, is is challenging. And seeing patients and children um, really be exposed to things that don't seem like children should have to mm. be exposed to, like yes. chemotherapy or procedures, yes. just going through all these different things is not a normal childhood. Mm. So watching that and um, watching parents feel um, that they don't have control mm. and they really put their trust into the hospital right. and that is their baby, their child, and yes. they have to watch them go through things that are really hard yes. and sometimes um, you know, just sit back and do the best that they can. That, that's a really hard place mm. for a parent to be in. It's, it's hard to watch them. So. Um, that's again part of our role is helping parents cope as well and teaching them how to help their own children cope at home and in the hospital so sometimes yes. when i couldn't be there to help in a procedure i want to make sure i educate parents on how do they help their child in the yeah. emergency room if, if if no one's there in that moment right or in the same happen. yeah and um so that's obviously really challenging watching parents um but i also think that just watching children have to do things that hurt yes. getting any sort of poke is not fun Right. For anybody, grown-ups or children. Right. So all day going in and out of procedures, um, at the end of the day, it's kind of wearing because mm. you've watched a lot of people have to do things they don't want to do. Right. And they can they can hurt in those moments. Um, so I would really just focus, you know, at the end of my day on what did I do to make that moment better? Mm. So how did I get that child to smile? Maybe it was at the end. Maybe it was before the procedure. But how did I help them in that really scary moment? Right. And so overall, working in the cancer center, that was what I focused on was this this was a really hard time in a family's life mm. and in a patient's life. Yes. But what could I do to make it better? Right. And that was what I really went, um, just focused on and tried to help with. Right. But it it was always, you know, a bit challenging watching patients like you and Mm. um, parents like your parents just go through this journey. Yes. It's it's a challenge, to say the least. (laughs) Right. And you really brought a ray of sunshine. Oh, thank you, Emily. Yes. That's so kind. That's really kind. And you really were that ray of light. Um, and so do you, do you have like a mentor that taught you in this, in this way? Sure. I had um, a great coworker that mm-hmm. I shared the cancer center with. Her name is Dana Swan. She still works in the cancer center. Yes. And she um, is a very experienced child life specialist and had been in the cancer long before I got here. Mm-hmm. And her guidance and her direction really helped me really easily move into the role of being a child life specialist in the cancer center and she taught me a lot about um, meeting children where they are providing play um, being positive and uplifting and just really overall caring for the whole family Mm. so she was a great mentor to me i also think that patients like you along my whole journey of being a child life specialist taught me so much Mm -hmm. so i learned from you guys you know how to help you right what's really you know the most challenging part because you're the one going through it Mm. i'm just there trying to figure it out how i can best help you and support you yeah um so really learning from the patients and the children in the hospital i think a lot of people 
think about children's hospitals as depressing and, oh, how can you work with children in the hospital? That's so sad. Right. <laughs> but I challenge them to walk into a children's hospital because the children here are playing and they're smiling and they're <laughs> bright and they're bubbly and they're yeah. being children. Yes. And so I think that I learn from you guys. I learn how mm. to look at challenges in life and how do you keep going? How do you get through right. it? Really look on the bright side. That's right. Yes. So I have had a mentor um, that is a child life specialist, but I've also had a lot of little mentors mm. that really helped <laughs> me be a better child life specialist. Before we close today, is there anything you'd like to share about the field of child life specialists? Absolutely. Um, well, before I get into that, I would like to say thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. It's been a great time sitting here chatting with you. Yes. But I would also like to share with the listeners that if anybody would like more information on becoming a child life specialist, we have a professional organization that has a website. It's www.childlife.org, where they can get more information on the requirements for schooling, for their internship, yeah. just overall the profession, what does it entail, what does it look like. And then if there's any parents out there that are listening that would like child life specialists to help their child in the hospital, they can contact either their volunteer department or they can talk to their nurses or their physicians to see if their hospital has child life specialists on staff mm. that could then help their children. Parents can also look into the website childlife.org and they might be able to, through reading the different literature that's on the website, be able to um, find out some more information on how to support their children. Right. Even if their hospital does not have child life specialists, there's different articles on the website that list how to pr provide support during procedures, how to provide therapeutic, expressive play. So that'd be a great place for parents to look as well. Right. Well, that, that is way cool. Yeah. And if anybody else um, has any other questions, I think the Child Life website is just a great place to look. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Emily Freeman, and you are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. We'll end this show by a song by Emma Grace. She wrote this song when she was four, Pink and Purple Horses. Merry Christmas, everybody. I love you so much, Santa. I want a horsey. A toy Barbie with a horsey, pink, purple, a pink and purple Pink and purple horsey, pink and horsey heart. Pink and purple horsey, pink and horsey heart. I love you so much, pink and purple horsey. Pink, purple. A one, two, three. Pink, purple. A one, two, three. Pink, purple. A one, two, three. Ring bell, ring bell. 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 Pink, purple, ring bell. Pink, purple, for Christmas I want a pink and purple horsey for Christmas for you Santa Claus a one a two three ring bell ring bell ring bell pink purple I love you so much Santa Thanks for listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. 
We'll see you again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. And remember, for more information about the Purple Songs Can Fly project, visit www.purplesongscanfly.org. We'll be back with more music next week. Our featured song is Get Close to You by Jolene with Chris James. I'm missing you, girl. time of the year. What do you mean just this time of the year? You know, I, I think about you all the time because you truly are <laughs> my angel. And so are you, Chris.
Star album of the month. That was Get Close to You by Jolene with Chris James. For more information, go to kidstar.org.